Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. This evening after supper, Aunt Mary Lane's niece, Peggy Douglas, had put on her warmest coat and her galoshes, tied a bright scarf around her head, and run across the little path leading from the Lane farm to the plumber home. It was snowing, a light fluffy snow floating down lazily. Peggy liked the feeling of the cold air on her cheeks. Recently, she'd been so occupied with her personal, emotional life that she'd hardly noticed the beauty of the outside world. Though ordinarily, she was very sensitive to the changing seasons. But tonight, as she hurried along the little path, she suddenly felt more like her old self, carefree and useful. She stopped impulsively, rolled a hard little snowball, and threw it across the field with all her strength, the way she used to do when she was a youngster. Then, feeling a little foolish at this childish relapse, she resumed her walk toward the plumber house. A moment later, Peggy knocked at the door, which was opened by her friend James. Hi, Peggy. Come in, come in before all the hooks are tapped. The house is just beginning to be dark. Oh, dear. Here's our sister's floor. Oh, you're all out of breath. Did you run away? Oh, practically. It's wonderful out here. Oh, isn't it? I was out a while ago to get nervous and kindling. And this is the sort of weather we used to play for when we were kids. Remember that big red sled round the Oh, do I? I doubt if I'll ever get much nearer to heaven than I used to be when Randy gave me a ride on that sled. It was called the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> Randy was so fat. He used to paint it and wax it and fuss over it. Oh, mind me, didn't you two have an accident one time? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> it was I'll never forget it. Randy was so cross, wasn't he? He said it was all my fault. Why, what did you have to do with it? Well, I guess I was to blame in a way. You see, I asked him something, and he turned his head to answer me and lost control, and we ran smack into a big tree. <laughs> it didn't bother me, but Randy hurt his shoulder. Only that wasn't what worried him. He was furious because he made a dent in the slide. <laughs> he got over it, though. Oh, Randy's nice that way. He gets awfully mad, but then he forgets all about it in the next five minutes. Yeah. Well, for heaven's sake, what's the matter with me? Letting me stand there all bundled up. Here, give me your things, Peggy. I'll hang them up in the kitchen. Okay. By the way, Aunt Mary had a letter from Randy today. Really? What did he have to say? He said to remember him to you. Did he mention anything about when he expects to come home? Well, I think he said he might be home in a month or two, but he wasn't sure. You know how it is. Uh-huh. Oh, well. He'll certainly be home by spring. Don't you think so? He ought to be. Oh, I wish you were here now. So do I. Well, sorry about tomorrow, and I'll be so clear. Where's your mother tonight? She went into a movie. Mother's crazy about pictures. She practically never misses one. Well, here we are. Take yourself at home. Thank you. Your room looks awfully nice, Jim. Thanks. Now, I'm dying to know the big news. I meant to ask you as soon as you arrived, but we got to talking about Randy and Dino, Jane. I know you forget all about me whenever Randy's name is mentioned. I do not. I just... Oh, Jane, that was pleasing. And making me dress. It's becoming. It would take a lot more than a couple of dresses to make me pretty. Why, Jane, that's not true. You have a very nice face. Well, let's not change the subject. I want to hear that, that something exciting you told me about when you found All right. But... Maybe it won't seem exciting to you. Well, tell me. I wanted to invite you to my wedding, Jane. Your wedding, Peggy? No. 
You've got me so curious now. I won't be able to sleep tonight. I'm sorry, darling, but I'd rather not. I, I have to see you. Well, tell me this much. Is it something wrong? Oh, I think you'd better wait and decide that for yourself. Look, give me a ring when you get to town tomorrow. Do that for sure, will you, Peggy? All right, Nicholas. I will. Oh, see you tomorrow, then. Bye, Peggy. Goodbye. Peggy stood carefully by the telephone. There'd been an urgency in Nicholas Dorn's voice. Almost a note of desperation. She wondered what he had in mind. And in Lakefield, in his room at the Brown Palace Hotel, Nicholas, too, was standing with his hand still on the receiver. Thinking. Well, um, that's the first step, anyway. I still haven't told her, but... I just hope I don't get weak need at the last minute. I've got to do it. Peggy's in love with Bill Mead, and he's in love with her. It'd be insane for us to go ahead with the marriage. I've got to tell her that. But can I? Have I got what it takes to look Peggy in the eyes? Loving her as I do? Tell her I won't marry her, after all? Nicholas Dorn was a very unhappy young man. He wouldn't bargain for this when he first proposed marriage to Peggy. In fact, it was just this sort of emotional strain, the doubts and confusions, which Nicholas had believed it was possible to avoid. He kept remembering the words that girl had talked to the other day. The girl who said, Don't beat your head against the stone wall. Don't ever think you can make someone love you if that person's in love with someone else. Nicholas knew she'd been speaking the truth. But what he didn't know, yet, what would have surprised him very much, was the fact that the girl who spoke so wisely whose advice had made him stop and reconsider, was Chip Mead, the wife of the man with whom Peggy is still in love. 